This is Sergey Ross Growth Podcast, and episode number six, and we are here. This is a solo episode again. You can. Uh, this is just me here, and I today I want to do something different. I want to give you guys a quick preview of the book by Ben Horowitz. It's called Hard Things About Hard Things. And the reason I wanted to read a few of my par- favorite paragraphs is because the book was truly extraordinary for somebody who wants to be in business, for somebody who wants to know how to make complex decisions. And they don't. I don't believe it's only related to business. It is also related to any other things uh, in decision making. And so I wanted to give you a few paragraphs of that and uh, see what you guys think and then hopefully you will grab the book and read it yourself because there's just so much knowledge in it about how to run a business how to manage your thoughts and it's all comes for people who want to be ceos but i don't think you have to be a ceo to read this book and get all the knowledge and all the insights uh, to really understand how amazing it is how valuable ben horowitz advice is and also, this book is reads more like a manual, which means that you will read it today and you'll get one perspective of that. You'll get one contact in, in, in whatever context you're reading it. But then I can guarantee you, you will reread it six months from now or a year from now, and you'll have a totally different perspective because that's how usually it works. So the very first thing I wanted to mention uh, in this book was... Um, the fact that Ben mentions that the, the one of the hardest things being a CEO, and there's a ton of them, is how to manage your thoughts, how to really manage your thoughts and feelings when you don't really know the answer and nobody really can help you. They just don't quite have the same context. Your employees don't have the context. Your board does not have the context. How do you calm your nerves? And he gives a few um, some advices, and I, I think the, these are relevant not only again in your if you are in business, but also if you are faced with a complicated decision, whether you go and get the new job, or whether you get a raise or leave that company. Right? There's there's many different decisions we we have to make in our career, and some of them are, as Jeff Bezos says, hardly reversible or irreversible decisions. There's not that many, but some of them are. So here's what Ben suggests. Uh, if you are faced with these challenges and you don't really know how to calm your nerves, make some friends, which is a pretty common advice. Uh, although it's nearly impossible, I'm going to read a few paragraphs from this book. Although it's nearly impossible to get high quality advice on the tough decisions that you make, it's extremely useful from a psychological perspective to talk to people who have been through similarly challenging decisions. And it totally is. Uh, get it out of your head and onto paper. That's another one. And um, when I had to explain to my board that since we were a public company, I thought that it would be the best if we sold all of our customers and all of our revenue and changed business. It was messing with my mind. In order to, be, to finalize that decision, I wrote down a detailed explanation of my logic. The process of writing the document separated me from my own psychology and enabled me to make a decision swiftly. swiftly. Another super important advice it's sometimes people try to solve a problem in their head and you just can't. I've been, I remember I was 
studying in college and we had to solve Harvard Business School cases. And if you ever try to solve Harvard Business School case, you know that you have at least 15 pages of very dense information and you have a market, you have competitors, you have insights, you have customers. And it's almost never possible to do it in your head. You have to break it down. You have to slice that salami instead of trying to eat the whole loaf of it. Well, like most people try, and I tried, and it just doesn't work, and you get easily stressed. And you can imagine how complicated the problems really are for the CEO. So getting it out of the paper, on the paper, is really good advice. Another one is focusing on the road, not the ball. When someone learns to drive a race car, one of the first lessons taught is that when you are going around a curve at 200 miles an hour, do not focus on the wall. Focus on the road. If you focus on the wall, you will drive right into it. If you focus on the road, you will follow the road. Running a company is like that. There are always a thousand things that can go wrong and sink the ship. If you focus too much on them, you will drive yourself nuts and likely crash the company. Focus on where you're going rather than on what you hope to avoid. This is so important and I could personally relate to uh, this advice uh, so many times because whenever we, whatever we focus on, we create more of. This is what Tony Robbins says. This is what a lot of personal development people say. It's just the psychology. I recently was driving my bike, uh, riding my bike, and I crashed out at high speed. And whenever that happens, uh, totally my fault, but whenever that happens, you always have that in the back of your mind, and then you start paying more attention to speed, to things that what can happen. And then when you do that, then... I, I'm feeling that I'm I'm feeling myself I'm feeling paralyzed. I don't I I'm I'm just overstressing it too much versus when I'm focused on on going through the corner, on picking up my breaking point. When I'm riding my bike, it's a different experience. I don't think about what can happen and that's why I'm able to get away with that. So super important I think to focus on on the road and not looking at the back mirror all the time. Another very cool part is when Ben talks about when making the right choice requires intelligence and courage. Sometimes the decision itself is rather complicated, which makes the courage challenge even more difficult. CEOs possess a different set of data, knowledge, and perspective than anybody else in the company. Frequently, some of the employees and board members are more experienced and more intelligent than than the CEO. The only reason the CEO can make a better decision is her superior knowledge. To make matters worse, when the CEO faces a particular difficult decision, she may have only a slight preference for one choice over another. Say 54% kill a product line, 46% keep it. If 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 the really smart people on the board, on her staff, take the other side, her courage will be severely tested. How can she kill the product when she's not even sure if she she's making the right decision and everyone is against her? If she's wrong, she will have been wrong in the face of advice from her top advisors. If she's right, will anybody even know? And those are very, very difficult decisions. And Ben also gives this um, cool framework. Uh, it has a grid. And uh, on top of the grid, you have two columns, uh, the one that says you are right and the one that says you are wrong. And on the left column, it says you decide against the crowd. And then at the bottom, 
it says you decide with the crowd. So what happens if you decide against the crowd and you're right? Few remember that you made that, that decision, but the company succeeds, which is kind of weird, right? It sucks. Like you made the right decision, you went against, you went against the crowd, you don't really get much credit. What happens if you decide to go against the crowd and you are wrong? Everybody remembers the decision and you are downgraded and or fired, which is a completely different outcome. But what happens if you decide with the crowd? So you decide with the crowd and you are right. Everyone who advised you remembers the decision and the company succeeds. If you decide with the crowd, but you are wrong, you receive the minimum blame possible for getting it wrong, but the company suffers. So it's almost better to follow the crowd in a way. And if you do, then the company might suffer. But then a lot of times the right decisions make you go against other people. And then it's such a courageous decision. I cannot imagine how difficult it is, especially uh, with uh, massive companies like um, Apple, Microsoft, and um, uh, corporations like that. Courage, like character, can be developed. And this is a super important part, I think. Like, I really like this um, a few lines that Ben mentions. In life, everybody faces choices between doing what's popular, easy, and wrong versus doing what's lonely, difficult, and right. These decisions intensify when you run a company because the consequences get magnified a thousandfold. As in life, the excuses for CEOs making the wrong choice are always plentiful. Every time you make the hard, correct decision, you become a bit more courageous. And every time you make the easy, wrong decision, you become a bit more cowardly. If you are a CEO, these choices will lead to a courageous or cowardly company. It's very much a lot to do with practice. And um, there are some people who are born courageous or they have a character being courageous or they had a parents or they had uh, an environment they grew up in but I certainly believe that you can develop that and the best way to develop that and start to start small and start taking some courageous action regardless of how stupid that might be or how uncomfortable you might feel and then you can develop that muscle and then you grow and then you learn and then you go from there uh, and I think that is a really a really good approach. This is what Jack Willink, a former Navy SEAL and author of Extreme Ownership, recommends as well. This is what Ben Horowitz here talks about as well. And there was another part that um, it was a final lesson in, in the book that I want to cite because that was uh, pretty incredible. When I first became a CEO, I genuinely thought that I was the only one struggling. Whenever I spoke to other CEOs, they all seemed like they had everything under control. Their businesses were amazing, they were always going fantastic, and their experience was inevitably amazing. I thought that will that will maybe grow that maybe growing up in Berkeley with communist grandparents might not have been the best background for running a company, but as I watched my peers' fantastic, amazing businesses go bankrupt and sell for cheap, I realized that I was probably not the only one struggling. As I got further into it, I realized that embracing the unusual parts of my background will be the key to making it through. It will be those things that would give me unique perspectives and approaches to business, the things that I would bring to the table that nobody else had. When I work with entrepreneurs today, 
this is the main thing that I try to convey. Embrace your weirdness, your background, your instinct. If the, if the keys are not in there, they do not exist. I can relate to what, what they are going through, but I cannot tell them what to do. I can only help them find it in themselves. And sometimes they can find peace where I could not. Of course, even with all the advice and hindsight in the world, hard things will continue, continue to be hard things. So in closing, I just say peace to all those engaged in the struggle to fulfill their dreams. So one of my favorite books, one of my all-time favorite books I came across, as uh, I mentioned early, and uh, I highly, highly recommend it, guys. I think that the, the depth and the quality of the insight that Ben provides is extraordinary. You can apply it in business, in your personal life. You can apply it for your personal growth. And um, I've seen I've seen so many analogies, how to overcome fear, how to learn more. And again, if you are chasing big goals, if you have big dreams, it's going to be very similar to running a company in a way. It will be because a lot of it comes down to the mindset and to how to manage your thoughts. And if you are working for a company right now, or if you are in a manager level position right now, this is a priceless book. So go get it. I will link it in show notes and um, you can grab it on Amazon. I recommend to get a hard copy, not to get an audible, audible version or not to get an ebook. Why? You can read it. You can take notes or highlight it the way I usually do it. I just use a highlighter. And then you can just take those, take pictures with your phone and then take the notes out of it. Um, this is a really good approach as well. Or if you don't want to do that and it, takes, it seems like a lot of work, you can sign up for my newsletter. I run, a, I have a newsletter every month and, sorry, every week. And um, in those newsletters, I will include uh, pieces from books like this. So you will get um, the best insights that I come across and I will link it as well. So you can sign up just first, first name and your email. But otherwise, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And this is the Ben Hor- This is a review or extract from Ben Horowitz's book, Hard Things on Hard Things. And if you liked it, I would really appreciate it if you go on iTunes and leave a six-star review. I finally started getting six-star reviews and I had a few, which is amazing. And they're finally come go, they're finally trickling in, which is which is awesome. And uh, very excited for the future. I'm getting the fan love, which is uh, which is always good. So hope you guys have an amazing week ahead. And um, I will see you in the next episode.